everybody. This is the Enemy Slime Podcast, episode number 145. I am your usual host, Jared, and I am joined today by Mr. Michael Mahoney. Hey, everybody. How's it going? I have Mr. Lucio Lorenzino. Hey, everybody. I don't care how this is going. Oh, well, fair enough. Mm -hmm. And we have a special guest today. He is uh, spending the release evening of his own game with us, so that's pretty special. Uh, We have Mr. Nathaniel Nelson, a local developer here in Utah. Hey. Wait, so... What am I supposed to be doing on my release evening? Just uh, I don't know. What do people do? Well, Strippers? Let's see. We're in Utah, so <laughs> I suppose. Have you heard of Top Golf? Maybe a nice evening there. Just, just How about a haunted house? Go chip some balls. Oh, there used to be... A haunted house is a good choice. <laughs> there used to be a place here called Black Gold, uh, but I think it closed. Is that a... Is that a haunted house or a strip club? Yes. <laughs> it's a haunted strip club. <laughs> It's a haunted Whoa. strip. Is, is that real? Is that really a thing? No, I'm, I'm fucking with you. Oh, I mean, how, black gold exists. How, how but... dope would that be? <laughs> a haunted strip club. Would I be able to get in? Uh, we can make it work. Would I be able to go top golfing? What is that? Oh, you, you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so he doesn't know about top top golf. Is uh, the latest craze that's sweeping the state of Utah? It's a three story driving range where you hit golf balls into colored holes and every golf ball has like a microchip in it. So it tracks how far your shot goes and what hole you hit it into. And, uh, and then you can get prizes depending on what holes you get it in. So it's like pachinko, but with golf. Yeah. So you know how there are three things to do in Utah? Yeah. Now we have top golfing. Now we have top golf. So we've almost four things. We've almost doubled like so close. (laughs) But hey, see it on uh, the positive side. If you had something to do, you wouldn't be making video games. Yeah, yeah. There you go. See, it it uh, it kept him out of the streets and uh, and kept him solid. So we'll we'll explore your game uh, in just a little bit. But we do want to touch on some of the goings on of the uh, of of the week. And uh, why don't we start with some big news from today, which is the closure of United Front Games, the studio behind uh, Sleeping Dogs and the recently released Smash and Grab. And this is kind of a a big surprise, especially because Smash and Grab, they weren't really acting like it was going to go anywhere anytime soon. I mean, They just had a free weekend. They just had a free weekend, which was not very... It's not a good sign, considering the game came out maybe like two or three weeks ago. So to already be having to have a free weekend, probably not great, but you wouldn't think that would be your... Big move the day before you close the studio, but uh, yeah, I don't think they they were aware of. Yeah, it seems of. it seems like there were some departments that maybe weren't communicating uh, with each other. So, Jared, like, you chatted with these guys at PAX. Did they take you aside and say like, "Hey, hey, we're gonna close forever"? No, um, they were in <laughs> the Sheraton, uh, which is not attached to the main conference center in PAX. And a, a lot of times it feels like some games get kind of like banished over there because it's not a super high traffic area. There's a couple theaters that panels go in. But for the most part, people aren't really like perusing for games over there. And so uh, in fact, when I went to demo Smash and Grab, they had to get some people out of the hall. To, to have them come play because it's a team-based game. And so they they had to like walk out and like find p- passerbys to be like, hey, you want to play a game? 
and try and get them in. Was that the way they were asking you questions about your resume every like every time you died? Uh, what? <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't. That doesn't sound like a thing that happened. <laughs> I don't think so. Um, but uh, I mean, I I really liked Smash and Grab. Like, I'm kind of disappointed that this is the direction that they're going to be going. I'm also away. I, I, I really I really feel for anybody. <laughs> I really feel for anybody who bought the game because it was like a twenty dollar game, and I think now it's probably useless. Like it. And the sad part is, like you know, there's a ton of bad early access games that will never be completed. But this one looks like it was, you know, they were actually trying to make it good. It was. Um, it was fun. I was. I, we actually got sent. Uh, I, w- I don't know if it's review code for, I guess for some it is, but we don't review early access, but we got sent a code for it on Thursday or Friday. And I was like, oh, I'll, I'll get around to checking this out finally. And uh, <laughs> I guess I probably won't now, <laughs> but That's a shame. yeah, it's actually, it, it's, it's too bad. Um, I wonder if maybe the free weekend was like one last chance to maybe grab an audience and see what happened, but they didn't even like wait I... to see whether or not people bought the game. I, yeah, yeah I, I don't think so because you don't make these decisions overnight. Yeah, this has to have been in the works for a few months at least. Yeah, uh, a lot of this—they've uh, kind of been on a bad trajectory. People like Sleeping Dogs. If you read all around, the news is always like, "Oh, Sleeping Dogs people," but uh, most people have forgotten their really misguided attempt at an MMO open world thing with the game called Triad Wars. I don't know if you guys remember that. Um, but I, I think that's probably what caused what we're seeing now. That would be my guess. So anyway, they are uh, they are down for the count. So rest in peace, United Front Games. They're Vancouver based. So if you're a game developer in Vancouver, now is a great time to start lowballing salaries because there's some mm-hmm. people who could really use it. Well, there are some pretty good. Uh, you know, the games were good. So you know. Yeah, their games were good. So if you want a good developer who you can abuse, finally, <laughs> the chances here is that, hey. What do you have to be so evil about this? Come on over. We, the only thing is we pay in McDoubles. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that sounds pretty good. Right, great job on you that. You will work 16 hours a day. Great job on that shadow render. That's two McDoubles right there. <laughs> it's going to be great. It's going to be a really great place to work. Why is the supervisor Cajun? <laughs> is that is that the takeaway that you got? That's what he, it sounded like. Yeah, you know, I just always thought of Cajun people as the type to pay people in fast food. What a crazy nah, model. No comment. Anyway, <laughs> let's talk about Overwatch just a tiny bit. Uh, Blizzard has been teasing out the existence of the latest Overwatch character, Sombra, who uh, is a robot. I think you... We don't know. We think she's a robot. She seems to well. Be no, a because there, there was a there was a leak that showed like some like cyberpunk looking chick uh, dressed in like purple. Oh yeah. So um, so this has been a saga that's been going on since even before they released Anna. I was gonna say because originally uh-huh. everybody thought that's what that's who that's who Anna was gonna be or Anna or whatever. They thought she would be Sombra. Mm-hmm. And uh, it turns out maybe not so much. So I, uh, maybe you followed this more closely than me, Lucio. What, what have you got? To a point. So to, so I followed it initially, and then like I got bored. Like I think everybody else. But they, they've been doing uh, an ARG uh, around this thing where they would like put codes and like put um, you know, uh, 
disguised in different videos and all this stuff and it's you know hexadecimal coding and all that shit um so this has been going for about two months now and they finally got it to show this one page that says something like bastion is compromised and then he had a countdown <laughs> yeah and so today the countdown finished and nothing happened uh, they just said something. They, they gave like a number that looks like a like a version of the game. Mm-hmm. So the theory is that when that patch and that number drops, that will be when Sombra is available. Um, and they, they we're like two or three patches away, so you know it it shouldn't be too long. My personal theory is that they're going to probably just reveal her at BlizzCon and just you know stop in this whole bullshit, but. I never seen a community so like bored of this shit. They're like, "Come on, <laughs> right, right." They're so fucking pissed. I think- and I, I don't blame him. If you've been following this for two months, it's you know, yeah, your time is so valuable. Well, and I, I wonder <laughs> if uh, I wonder if uh, the average Overwatch player is kind of different, a different breed of person than what Blizzard has had for their past games. Um, I'm pretty sure they are. To, and so maybe this is something that like an RPG crowd really would have eaten up, but maybe not something that a first person shooter crowd is just going to be crazy for, but it, it definitely doesn't seem like it's gone. Over I mean, very well. there's still a community that's willing to go through all this bullshit to find all the, that's true. So my, what I've been wondering about this is let's say that the community just says, fuck it. And they stop trying with the RG. What are they going to do? <laughs> They're going to release it anyway, right? They're not going to leave. Well, they they know they're big enough that it's not going to happen. Like, I know there's just... always going to be someone. It's not like us. Like people gave up on our ARG almost immediately. We had an ARG. Yes, yeah, see exactly, Lucio, and you couldn't even be bothered to finish it. Not everybody's are giving up. There are still people out there hiding from Doug. Hey, actually, speaking of which, <laughs> I got a weird email today. I forgot. I forgot that I we should probably read this because it's in the spirit of reading our emails like we do did this yes. did this go to you guys either For, no i didn't get anything to it i don't think so nobody else got it okay all right well uh do you want me to read yeah, it just, just pictures yeah. of babes in my inbox all right this is this is our new arg i guess it says uh it's a picture uh but it's a picture of text and it's in like the it's in like the uh, the you know when like a, a criminal in a TV show cuts out the letters from a magazine. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like that. That's how we do it. But it's like a font. They they didn't actually cut out all the letters from the magazine. But it says we have your precious Jay, who I can only assume is is uh, Jay Joseph Jr. Uh, oh, precious Jay. A precious Jay, right? Well, ooh, precious Jay. Is that like a big fat black? That just says scorn. It bring twenty million rubles to Doc's warehouse one fifty, or we cut curly lock from Jay's sweet head each hour on hour. And I got this. I received. I received. This. <laughs> you just send that to me. Do you really want it? Yeah. Here. Yeah, I'm very curious. Pass it along. Here. Do you want me to just forward the email? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. I will forward the email to you. I will. Sorry. I will confess. I have been wondering why Jay stopped coming to podcast practice, and this would explain. Uh, He's not here, right? This would explain exactly uh, what's going on. Uh, it's been a little while. Uh, let's see. I don't know. I really don't need to forward this right now, but here I'm doing it. Here, here. It Can goes. we get a visual on his curly locks to make sure they're all still there? 
yeah, we'll have to uh, we'll have to you know check and see if we can. How many locks did he have? I don't even really remember Jay having. Uh, he's not a very lockful person. He's not a very lockful person, so I'm not really sure that they're going to have a whole lot to cut off. Uh, if you're listening to this person who sent us this email, uh, I don't have any rubles, uh, and I certainly don't have 20 million of them. I think that's like $300,000 American. Someone look it up. <laughs> what is it? So, so Warehouse 150 in, in which city? <laughs> it doesn't say. <laughs> Let's just assume New York. <laughs> Jay, Jay lives in I, New York. I guess, York. right? He lives in New York, so I mean, in theory... Uh, it should be in Warehouse 150. See, this is our ARG, man. It's start- this is how it starts. Warehouse. No, 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 no. I'm not traveling to New York. If you're listening, kidnapper, you go to Warehouse 150 in Miami. There you go. Or Take no him there. Maybe that's where they already are. Uh, I don't actually see anything that says Warehouse 150 in New York City. Uh, all I found is Soul Cycle Warehouse Sale at 150 Green Street. So I'll be there. Can you guys just bring him to the docks of Salt Lake City? <laughs> yeah, bring him to the dock in Salt Lake. <laughs> the great Salt Lake docks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah, we, used to, we used to have one, but the salt ate it away, and uh, <laughs> now there's nothing there. But. I was probably the disenfranchised warehouse keeper who lost his business. <laughs> He's mad about it. And kidnapped Jay. But uh, yeah, so I I don't know. Sounds we'll, like a case for Scooby Doo. We'll have more on that. Did anyone check how many rubles that is? I need to know. Twenty million. Well, uh, a ruble. I don't know how much is a fucking ruble. How many dollars is a ruble? Yeah, you know what? Fuck it. We'll figure this out later. There's. <laughs> I'm not. I mean, it's probably not as much as they think it is. I mean, their I mean... their threat is literally just to cut his hair. I mean, I'm not sure you want to take that shit lightly. Like I would get on it because each lock counts. Well, it's a good mean, point. I mean, I'm, and looking looking at Jay's picture, those would go fast. It's not going to be long until they have to start cutting something else off. Yeah, right. But you know, well, then they can shave him. And... <laughs> <laughs> I think it's I think it's time for him to freshen up and try a new style anyway. So but all it takes is for Jared to just Google the conversion rate. What yeah. a tragedy if we fail. I mean, how many well, how many yen is that? It's got to be similar. Those countries are pretty close to each other. <laughs> so I figure it's probably whatever, however many yen it is, it's probably about that many rubles. So anyway. Sure. All not? right. Well, Jay, we're uh, wishing you the best here at the Enemy Slime Podcast. And uh, we can't wait to see your new do. So be sure. You're in our prayers, buddy, because they're free. Be sure to show us. Uh, let's talk about other news. Did you guys hear about this cowboy game that's coming out? Mm, no, you said Sunset Riders too. Sunset Riders too. Yeah, that's the yes, one. <laughs> that's the one. Wouldn't that be interesting? <laughs> oh, Lethal Enforcers <laughs> two, the sequel. Oh, the cowboy one. That's good yeah. shit. That's good shit for sure. Um. Oh man, I can't wait. But no, actually, it's neither of those. Although now it's I kind of Sid wish Meier's it was. Pirates. It's Sid Meier's Pirates too, <laughs> but this time with cowboys. A remake of Gunsmoke. That sounds. Gunsmoke. These are all sounding pretty good, actually. Yeah, these are all great games. Well, never mind. You know what? Fuck it. Who cares about <laughs> whatever this shit is? Uh, actually, I do like how Red Dead Redemption Two was announced today, and basically, from what I'm reading, no one is satisfied. With with anything, really? uh, there are three main things that people are upset about. 
one, they called it Red Dead Redemption 2 and not Red Dead Retribution. That seems to be the one that everybody wanted it to be called. Why? Uh, what do you mean, why? <sighs> why? Because that's upsetting. That's the kind of stuff that we have to be upset about. I mean, listen, I, listen I, I, I got, you know, like, it's kind of weirded out to me, but, like, why did you decide that it was Retribution? Why not I mean, Revengeance? I understand the, I understand the feeling that, uh, you know, Red Dead Redemption wrapped up rather nicely, and uh, anything that's, that's a sequel to it is probably in name only, but nobody right. gets mad at Grand Theft Auto when they're not sequels to each other. Kind of Red Dead Reconciliation, Red where Dead he makes peace with his enemies. Yeah, see, he, they talk it out like Buzz. Sit Red, down Dead, and Red, Red Dead Reintegration. Dead. He goes back into the fold of the federal government and becomes a useful citizen. Okay, well, let's just Ooh. have let's just have everyone do one. Nathaniel, Red Dead. Okay, well, I'm coming from my interactive fiction background, so I'm thinking Red Dead Introspection. But it's got to have a re. Gotta have a re. Come back to me. Okay. Re introspective. <laughs> Come uh, on, kid. These are easy. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say Red Dead Rally, where he turns into a car and races through the woods. I think that sounds pretty exciting. No, you no, know, Jared, course. you were shitting on our gig, but see here now you're having fun with it. Yeah, see, it's great. I wasn't shitting on it. I was. I was giving everyone a chance. You to were being snotty, like, oh, I guess we're doing this now. <laughs> How dare you besmirch the name of Red Dead Redemption Boy, 2, sorry, your stupid game. I didn't mean to be <laughs> such a shrill buzzkill uh, on all your fun. I got one. Thank you. Okay, lay it on us. Red Dead Reasonable Discussion. <laughs> Red Dead Reasonable Discussion. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. That's pretty good. All right. Well, there we go. We've come up with uh, more peaceful or at least racing-themed versions of the game. <laughs> Uh, so that's good. The other thing that people I mean, seem to be really mad about is that it has been announced on the PlayStation and the Xbox, and that's it. So? I think that's an homage to the original Red Dead Redemption. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, so the original... You know it's going, it's going to go to PC eventually, so may- stop crying, Maybe. I thought Red Dead, like Red Dead Redemption would, but it never did. That was for different reasons, though, because that game was such a mess. Uh, that That's the game that like nearly bankrupted Rockstar because they had so much trouble getting it released and yeah uh they they had quite a bit of issues with it um and so it was such a mess as far as like code goes that they just simply I don't think they could uh port it over I don't know I mean I just I, I can I've already fought in the console wars I can keep you know coming back uh let's see here um, there are a lot of people, like I said, who are who are upset about this. Let's uh, let's go find a comment on Reddit about it, <laughs> so that we can let's let's throw to the people and see what they think. Uh, let's see. I got never played the series, and now it looks like I never will. So, man, eh, part of the course. Uh, let's see. Okay. Yeah. I'm sure Rockstar is crying. Time to dust off my PS4 then. Hey, look, uh, BRB killing myself. Oh, dark. They're taking it hard. Uh, we'll miss you, internet guy. <laughs> why would they even do this? Don't they want money? They do, that's just good, not yours. That's a good question. Uh, let's see what else we got. Let's let's find one more gem here. Man, I, there are a lot of comments on this. <laughs> There's like 5,000. 
What are the general opinions on blacks and Muslims, according to the commenters? Yeah, uh, I think they've left that out for the most part. Uh, they save that stuff for the Donald Trump subreddit. Let's see. Are you sure you're on the same internet? Uh, well, no, no, we're not pitching about it not being for the console master race. So. Man, there are a lot of people insisting that like this game is going to fail uh, because of that, <laughs> because it's not released like like the last one did. Remember how bad? I don't think it can fail. I I think that it's going to be just fine, and, and I think Lucio's right. I think that the game will come to uh, the PC eventually. Um, we'll we'll see. Here I mean, I know we. I know we covered this before, but people don't fucking learn lessons, right? I mean, they don't they don't learn lessons, man. Yeah, I know. We know that. There's some really <sighs> interesting... Like, we've been through this before. Like, remember when they said that uh, Tomb Raider was only for the expo? Uh-huh. Yep. Um, you know, remember when Years of War was only going to be for the Xbox? Mm-hmm. I recall that as well. So, you know, can we, like, learn the fucking lesson already? Do we have to fucking get upset about everything? Yes. Yes. Okay. Never mind. On behalf of all game developers, I say yes. Yeah, see? Exactly. (laughs) Fuck this game. It's going to (laughs) fail. How can we come to terms with our life as a Starbucks barista unless we're pissed off? Man, there are some conspiracy theories on here. Like, there are people who are convinced that, like, the... Uh, they've been like bought out, and Bill Gates did it, and like this is the end of the Xbox. Why would Bill Gates have anything to do? He doesn't even work at Microsoft anymore. Bill Gates did it. Can't you see? (laughs) He yes, and you know, you know who the sinister, the the sinister uh, machinations of the Bill and Melinda Gates foundations to bring. the end of Ebola in Africa. Well, and you know who I... Through not giving you Red Dead Redemption 2. When I think of an anti-PC person, I typically think of Bill Gates. That's right where I go. It's like, oh yeah, Bill, <laughs> Bill Gates, that guy hates the PC. <laughs> he just can't stand it. Yeah, no, I mean, definitely him. Whatever. Even he doesn't like Windows 10. I bet you he's in, he's in bed with Gaben. That's What's... another person who hates the PC. Yeah, yeah, that's that sounds about right. Classic. Steve Ballmer did it. He's like, nope. Kill this PC real quick. Anyway. Isn't it weird that all these like super like crazy console like uh, PC fanatics don't know who the person who is behind the PC now is? I think that uh, I think what basically happened is you know back in the day you had like Sega or or uh, or Nintendo. And you had right. these 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 big passionate people who you know felt really strongly one way or the other, and as consoles have kind of uh, moved along, and as exclusives have become less of a thing, um, and they've kind of just all become a very similar platform and gelled together. I think most of the people who cared a lot about console wars have moved on to the PC, and now they feel very strongly about it. Um, then they should know who fucking Steven Ballmer is. But don't worry, you're gonna get to you're gonna get to play Red Dead Redemption too. It, some somewhat how maybe it'll be at the kiosk at GameStop. I don't know, but <laughs> I think I think you'll get there, and I think you'll like it. You come there sixty hours. Uh, <laughs> the guy, you gotta go home now, man. We have, uh, we're pretty deep into the cast, but let's just hit on Gears of War real quick. I just want to just mention it real fast, just in that I finished it. 
Uh, I played a little bit of it with Michael over the weekend because we wanted to test out the co-op uh, stuff. And how did you find it, Michael? It's got the same old formula, which is still good. But I fucking hate those kids. <laughs> yeah, um, it does. It does have like this new cast of young hip characters who, I mean, the the best parts of the game. And when I was talking about this last week, I hadn't actually gotten to Marcus Phoenix yet. But you do come across him in the game, and uh, he is just a delight because he he's uh, just a miserable, like crotchety old man. When you when you very first find him, he's been living on the like this enormous estate from his deceased wife, and uh, he doesn't live in the gigantic mansion. He just lives in like the shack on the side of the house, <laughs> and like. As you open the door, he's sitting in it. He's sitting in like an armchair, just facing the door. And I can't do it justice, but I mean, he just has like the most like dad pose possible in a chair. And I think he's, I, if he doesn't have a beer in his hand, he was sitting in such a way where my memory can only allow me to see a beer in his hand. <laughs> but he's just sitting. He was, there. A, he was an old Milwaukee. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it would be. Um, <laughs> And the the kids come in and they 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 tell him about so th- they have just discovered uh, the locust horde has come back and, and they're they're calling it like the swarm and they're like dad dad you gotta help us it's the swarm and he's like the swarm and he like he, he thinks that they've come up with just the dumbest names he's like rolling their eyes at them all the time and uh, and then you fucking kids it's the horde and then they they get attacked at his house and they start destroying his house. And the thing that he's most worried about is his tomatoes. Like, he won't stop worrying about how they're going to fuck up his tomatoes, as he says. So, he's just, he's great. Um, and there are other people from Gears who make appearances as well, like, like uh, uh, you know, significantly older versions of themselves from the last games. And every time, every time the old Gears people are there, it actually feels pretty good. And which is really something, considering that I never had any real fondness for those characters in the original games. But is, is Coltrane there? Uh, yes. I, I guess... That's I'll, all that matters. I'll I think, spoil didn't it. we find out that everybody is there? Uh, no, it's really just... Even the, Dom, even though he's dead. The ghost of Dom appears. So yeah, so a lot of them are dead. So, hey, so everybody, how's it going? So Dom is dead. Uh, Anya, the girl from Gears of War 3, uh, mm-hmm. she's dead. The girl there? Um, she, what did she die? She's just passed away in the interim between the games. They don't. Uh, there might be like a. There might be like a piece of info that I can get to to tell you what happened to her, but I I didn't find it. But I just osteoporosis. But the the, the good <laughs> she news. She felt that she can't get up. The good news is that Marcus Phoenix saved her armor, and he gives uh, the armor to Kate, your new female companion, who looks like she could easily work at like a Pete's Coffee. Like she'd fit right in. I saw, like I said last week, I saw a picture of like Marcus Phoenix son and like some woman that looked like basically they just grabbed like Nathan Drake and Lara Croft and they changed the coloring of their skin and their eyes. Mm-hmm. So is that the one? Yeah, that's probably the one. Big Laura. That's probably the one. Um, and then uh, there's your uh, there's your other friend Dell and. Oh my God, Dell? No, like singer just, just Dell. Just Dell. D E L. Like short for Del Reese. Is that what it's short oh, okay. for? I I don't I think his name's Delmont. 
yeah, ex- well, exactly. I so, think, uh, uh, let's see, let me, look, let me look it up. Uh, he's the blackest. Del, but, Mon- Del Monte. Uh, Del Monte. He's black like the for pineapple. the... Really? Yeah, that's his name. That is awesome. I'm just kidding, that's nope. not his name. How great oh. would that be, though? <laughs> He's he's your token black friend, but he's black for the Twitter generation. And so like he talks about his side chick and shit. This is this is what made me feel the most. No, less less scary to white kids. He has uh, he has an eyebrow piercing, and <laughs> it's got a big old ring in it. And every time I see it, I'm like, man, someone would rip that the fuck out, like in their first fight like every every time i see it and so gears basically reduced me to a person who complains about people's piercings and i was like wow all right fantastic I'm, so basically you're mark of things is what you're telling you're culturally old man complaining about these kids yep see you guys are starting to get it yep how do i reach these kids that's exactly <laughs> what happened they are know, really, man, like they're awful to have to listen to the they, dialogue they do this. Uh, they do this thing in the dialogue where they will say something that's perfectly normal, but they'll say it as though it was very, very clever. So uh, there's a part where there's a part where Marcus Phoenix is like, "We need to get backup," and uh, JD, oh. the main character, Marcus's son, basically says like, "Ah, oh, not from him." And uh, you you come to find out this is Baird who he's talking about, and uh, JD doesn't like Baird because he is the inventor of a lot of the robots that you've been dealing with during the course of the game. And um, a- after you like regroup with Baird, and he offers to help, and like he brings you these giant fucking mech robots to run around in. Uh, anyway, after after you go through all this, the first thing Dell says is he's like, "Hey." Isn't it? He's like, so the person who you wanted help from the least turned out to be the only person who could help us. Kind of ironic, isn't it? It's like, okay, I guess. He says it like it's a joke. Like it's set up as though there's some kind of punchline there that I just don't hear or or find. Yeah, I get what you mean. I think, uh, Jared, you phrased it best. They all they all talk like a focus group thinks people talk like. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. and i couldn't have phrased that in a more unnatural way <laughs> yeah i like how as i try to describe what's wrong with this game i'm kind of talking like an idiot myself but that's just how it is i guess uh but yeah it'll be like a monster will eat marcus phoenix and one of the guys will be hey that happened it's like uh <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's there's so many there's so many lines like i said they're just like delivered like they're supposed to have impact but they're just saying like normal things so, you know, like, they'll they'll kill someone and he'll fall off a cliff and they'll be like, guess he fell off a cliff. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, they used to be on the other game, too. Like, I remember really clearly, like, you know, Marcus, like, screaming his rough voice, like, buck in your hole or whatever when they killed, like, the locust. Sure, yeah. Yeah. But he wasn't funny about it. He was just... I don't know what so, I was like, expecting, like, an emotional payoff. There's just there's something there's something different about it's very it, it's more levity like they're they're having more fun I guess they're they're more like quippy but they're not actually saying quips they're just saying normal things. Um, okay, it uh, Lucio, it's like in Dragon Age Inquisition where everybody is quirky and they're all oh. saying things like it's Ooh, like it's one. funny but it's not funny and it's not it's not charming. Yeah. They're just yep, I got it now. Yeah, okay. that's a good way to describe it. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, that's that's a good. They're just saying normal things, uh, and but... it seems like more people are writing that way these days for for games. Like the oh, original, oh. the original Gears of War wasn't that long ago. Have we changed so much? I mean, I don't know. If that's if that's the case. Uh, I guess. I mean, the last two games I played were Masquerada, which was well written, and um, Shadow Warrior, which was basically just like a gigantic dick joke. Uh, of you know, it was more like a dick joke parade of different. Um, levels of uh you know of cleverness <laughs> but i don't know i mean yeah there was some that were fun yeah um, i don't know but anyway i don't want to i don't want to there was one on when you kill a uh one of the bosses one just goes like i guess he couldn't handle the one just made me laugh because it was that's, stupid that's better because when you shoot a guy in gears of war they're like i guess that guy shouldn't have gotten shot <laughs> Yeah, that's great. Very helpful. The piece of lead that I shot into his skull killed him. <laughs> High five, bro. Uh, it just it doesn't it doesn't work. It's still it's still a fun game. Like it, the formula is kept almost exactly the same. Um, and it's still good. And and it's still good. Like it still it still plays really nicely. The co op uh, the screen was a little too small. Again, just harkening back to our old age. Uh, but, uh, I mean, the game performed admirably. The frames per second stayed up a lot higher than I thought it would. The only time that I really saw frames dip at all in this game was, uh, just occasionally during horde mode where they're throwing a lot of guys at you. But, uh, for the most part, it was, it was pretty solid. So anyway, uh, you know, definitely something to check out if you're a fan of the series. I didn't give it a super high score in the review, uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean I didn't enjoy it. It's just I don't think it was like a slam dunk. I think it's just okay. You know, it's as good as Gears of War Judgment, probably. It's pretty much just Gears of War with a more annoying cast. So if you can get past that. Yeah, and maybe you'll I like... I had a pretty good time playing with Jared. Maybe you'll like them. I don't know. I think that's kind of um, the secret is to play with a friend. So you can laugh at the stupidity instead of letting it annoy you. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like when you watch a, watch a bad movie, like if you're watching, I don't know, Street Fighter by yourself and you are like in pain, but if you're watching it with a friend and a few years, you know, it's all right. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely, uh, that's, that's the, that's the stance that I'm going to take on it. So, uh, Gears of War 4, you can, you can go pick it up now. Uh, let's turn our attention, if we may, to our special guest of the evening. Uh, I don't know if I'm that special. Well, don't don't sell yourself short. But I was actually talking oh. about about Mr. Nathaniel Nelson, who is with us tonight. Um, and why don't we why don't we start by maybe talking about your uh, game that, as I mentioned, released today? So maybe uh, maybe just tell us a little bit about that, and uh, and then we'll go from there. Yeah. So release day is a lot less crazy than you would think, especially <laughs> especially now. I think. Uh, that Steam is yeah, you're kind here of with us. Well, I I was gonna say because because Steam is pretty saturated at this point, and yeah. uh, so I, mm-hmm. I mean I I don't know how it's I don't know how it's been for you, but right uh, yeah, there's two ways of looking at it. One of them is that the store is so saturated that it's probably like nine other games are releasing today, so nobody's looking at my game, and I'm safe from people's opinions <laughs> for the moment. <laughs> Another way of looking at things, and this is, I agree with this one and not the first one, is that I kind of nailed it. I think I nailed it. 
<laughs> so when you say that, what, do you mean like do you mean like you you slid in like just right in the the sweet spot and like yeah, good to go? I mean, I guess I, things have actually been going pretty well. Like no negative reviews so far. No one emailing me with game breaking bugs. Um, none of the things that you would expect to make a day like this horrible. It will be my honor to write you your first death threat. Go do it. <laughs> Then I'll feel like a real game dev. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, so uh, your game is called The Whisperer in Darkness. It is a yep. uh, it is a take on a HP Lovecraft uh, short story. Um, and maybe you can tell me just a little bit more about kind of what what the model of the game is, what type of game this is that we're looking at. So basically, the model arose because of the conditions that I had with my team when we decided we wanted to make something. Um, we had a seven-day game jam, and we needed to find a story from the public domain that we could all read and understand as a basis for collaboration. And my artists had never done any game animation or anything like that, so I needed a way to incorporate the static imagery that she was really good at. And so we decided to make a visual novel. Um, and so the structure and the format is, it's basically linear. It's probably more similar to a silent film than a game. Um, so really, I should be getting death threats like I should have had several today. Um, <laughs> yeah, because uh, what, what you're describing is um, maybe a bit more, what's the word I'm looking for? Not a game. Sure, yeah. I think, <laughs> I think that and that's something that really sets people off when they when they're under the opinion that something maybe isn't a game. Uh that that's a really common like debate that we have, right? Whether or not mm -hmm. something gets to be classified as a game um and that kind of stuff. But so as you were saying, you've you've pretty much escaped that uh, that criticism so far it sounds like because nobody's looking at it. It's perfect. It's the perfect <laughs> scenario. Um I mean, you do have you do have one review on here from a man with a Confederate flag and a name that says, right. "I hate Jews." Uh, juice. Very Wait, he Jewish. does. Yeah. Very clever. I see. Okay, I, I should have uh, thought twice before uh, letting that guy playtest my game. So, you know. shout out to John Wiggins. <laughs> I will share this podcast with you later. Oh shit, John! <laughs> John, you just got outed. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> Damn. That's... I mean, he likes the game, so. Yeah, he likes the I bet you he knows everything about the world of Northern Aggression. He likes the right? game. It's this goddamn <laughs> Jews that he's got such a problem with. <laughs> Jews. Jews. He hates Sorry, Jews. I know. I keep misreading it, but. I mean, he is right. Jews does bad. have a high quality quantity of sugar, and right. that's bad for you. The man is just conscious of himself, man. Come yeah. on. Right. And it, it, it also probably reflects a lot worse on me that his review is marked. Free key early access. <laughs> right, right, right. And, uh, let's see. Uh, the comment is great bait, mate. I rate eight eight. So um... you know, eight eight stands for Heil Hitler. <laughs> right. Why do you know that, Michael? No, and it, I guess it, it is a real problem <laughs> because he was one of my most dedicated playtesters. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he's got he's got two hours on record. So I mean, really, the foundation of of my <laughs> game. The dude has is the Confederacy. So, so, so you heard John, it here geez. first. <laughs> Whisper, Whisper in darkness, the top choice for Confederate flag wielding folk. But it, it John, is also if you're a... listening to this podcast, 
change your flag to the flag of Rhodesia, which is probably even more vile, and it's also nobody knows about it, so it's cool. <laughs> Be a man among men. Join the Rhodesian army. <laughs> but yeah, it's very ironic because I did take a lot of steps when adapting H.P. Lovecraft to remove... Got all the racist bits. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, one of the elevator pitches I've come up with for the game is it's Lovecraft without the racism and sexism, which, depending on how not you... Not a great elevator pitch, I gotta say. Well... No, no, he's, he's got a point. I never... Lovecraft has some, some ideas. Maybe maybe See? I need some maybe I need some help here. I've never really thought of Lovecraft as particularly racist, but I also haven't combed through all that he's... much of his stuff. What... So I, I read pretty much all of his work and essentially his idea was that the other gods were able to affect people that were not <laughs> as logically inclined and more okay. in touch with nature all right i, I got you uh, which i got you would make them and this is a description from his book um he says something along the lines of people's uh of a mixed race and lower uh intelligence races Oh, HP. Right. I mean, he so was there, a different time. So, like a, a lot of a, a lot of the monsters in his stories, kind of like have this metaphorical connection with immigrants and Maybe. non-white people. So, like you have the aliens that are made by humans reproducing with fish, and that's supposed to be really gross and disgusting. But then, in the same story. Um, he describes the fish language as his protagonist hearing voices that were speaking a language that was not English. Yeah. Um, which <laughs> it's kind of telling because he could have said not human. Um, right, right. But really he yeah. had like all kinds of pro um, racial. The, sh the shadow, uh, the shadow were Innsmouth, the one that you're talking about. Yeah. Um, sounded vaguely Italian. <laughs> <laughs> you know what man you're not that far off from what he, he wrote no he really didn't like swarthy people i just i just didn't think you, you were allowed to be like racist in rhode island like that just didn't seem like well and, and you also mentioned that he was a product of his time and based on most scholars and i did a lot of scholarly research in making the game um he was worse than everyone else <laughs> well, much he... worse <laughs> He was kind of a crazy, like, shutting anyway. So it's not like, you know, he wasn't your average American at the time either. He was, you could say, an exceptional racist. He was good at what he did. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good way to put it. But that's not what my game is about. <laughs> right, right. I mean, we've spent a lot, we've spent more time talking about that than the game, but. But make no and mistake. John Wiggins loved it all the same. <laughs> right. <laughs> he was able to see past how not racist it was. Right. <laughs> right, nonetheless. I think I, I think I tricked him with my social justice. It was subtle. Yeah. <laughs> so you say uh you, you say uh, you know you, you, you researched Lovecraft a lot. How much how much did you know about him before you had begun this project? Was it something you were pretty familiar with, or is this kind of something that you've discovered as you uh began? Um so I originally encountered the story when I was like ten or twelve or something, and my dad read it to me and my brother late at night and it freaked me out and I 
never finished reading because I couldn't sleep or live. Um, why, why would you read that to your kids? <laughs> um, but in retrospect, for a kid, it, it no made less. me stronger. I know, um, I know what I want to do this weekend. It made me understand which, um, which races to give credit and which ones not to. I mean, I'm, at I'm a, impressed. At an early age. I'm impressed that you knew like enough of the words to really grasp a, a concept of how like upset you should be because I feel like as an adult, when I was reading Lovecraft, I was like, is that, was that the scary part? I just, I didn't know, <laughs> I didn't know what most of it meant, but so right? maybe that was yeah. the scary part. Um, but what were we talking about? We're talking about how you discovered Lovecraft. So, you know. You okay. Were- so, so I had read maybe, um, the three out of the like five most popular Lovecraft stories in the mythos when we decided to make the game. This one was my favorite. I didn't know anything about him as a person or um, the larger body of his work. And that all kind of came later. Um, But one of the biggest breakthroughs when I was making the game is I had all kinds of questions when I was doing the adaptation about like, what is the important part of this scene? What was Lovecraft going for? Can I change a little bit without changing the larger meaning of this? or reducing the the impact. And I realized that by reading other people's essays about Lovecraft's writing and the story, The Whisper in Darkness, I could get kind of a direct insight into what was going on in the work and what I needed to keep and what I could get rid of. Um, which I think is kind of awesome, kind of the coolest thing I learned. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and you made some uh, you you made some uh, I think big steps in kind of updating it to a uh, to a more modern feel. So the the two people communicating in the story are communicating via email uh, in, instead of I, I assume the original short story they're they're communicating by a physical letter, right? That that, that would be my assumption. So I mean that's a, a natural change, but one one that works like one that works actually pretty well. Um, mm-hmm. Any other real significant uh, changes that you had to make to make it feel like something that was a little more modern? Or so after we had done the game jam, there was several months when it was just kind of like sitting in my head, and I would think about think more about the game and the glaring plot holes and all of the things I did wrong. <laughs> and one of the biggest things that stood out is that. The the sci-fi elements of the original story have all basically been discredited beyond, like, to the point where reading the story, it's kind of absurd. Like, you would you would laugh at the suggestion that Pluto is actually an alien planet with a black surface and and alien spires, um, which you also. Kind of- you kind of learn to let that go when you're reading sci-fi that's from far away in the past. Right, right. So that's something that, as a fan of sci-fi and of literature, I always approach older works with kind of that attitude of, like, I'm going to pretend none of the centuries in between then and now happened. Yeah, exactly. Um, but in terms of adapting something and going for trying to sell it to a modern audience, I think it's really obvious that you don't want to expect that from anyone. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so I did a lot of research about like, okay, so Pluto is not yug off. Um, but much, where much, else? How much research was that? Just out of curiosity. <laughs> um, 
I'm, I, I don't want to give exact numbers because it'll either be embarrassingly high or embarrassingly low. I feel like I'm screwed either way. <laughs> I'm not sure there's a number low enough to, to make that conclusion, but okay. Um, well, I mean, if I, if I say, oh, I spent 10 minutes reading the headlines of studies, um, someone who plays my game will be like, oh, you, you didn't give a shit about the science. Well, actually, you know, Pluto isn't a planet. Right. It's a dwarf planet. I mean, that's, that's, where, that's where the issue really begins, is right there. Mm -hmm. No, okay, but fun fact, when I was researching Pluto, um, it's not an ideal candidate for the location in this story, but there is a crater named Cthulhu. On Pluto. Ooh. On Pluto? Yeah. Ominous. All right. It might not be a crater. It might, what other things are on planets? There's some kind of formation named Cthulhu. Alien civilizations. And is, I, I assume that's just some nerd who was like, hey, guess what? I'm naming this right. one Cthulhu. Are you saying, Jared, that astronomers are huge nerds? Why couldn't it be some cool guy? <laughs> is that a controversial <laughs> stance to take? I think not Are you all saying they're not like leather jacket wearing like fifty gangsters? H.P. Lovecraft was an astronomer. I, I read um, and he's one of the sources I read, and I didn't read this in any other historical sources, so like take it with a grain of salt. One of the sources I read suggested that he discovered the existence of Pluto like a decade before anyone else did, like as a ten-year-old. Yeah, which, I'm gonna take it with a grain of salt. Right, it sounds like totally stupid. <laughs> I'm I'm awfully fond of Lovecraft myself, but there is a cult around him that would probably have you believe that every He's basically like Tesla. Everybody just assumes that he invented everything. Mm -hmm. He created anything that's worthwhile. Um, and I mean, uh, I that's mean, the kind discovery of... date is 1930, February 18th. It's actually a lot later than I thought. I expected it to be uh, older than that. So, I mean, so, he lived... To kind of stick a little bit on what um, Michael was saying... Mm -hmm. Um, there, there's this weird cult around Lovecraft, and I feel that a lot of it, a lot of the people who kind of worship him don't really understand what his horror was about. Mm -hmm. It's about, um, you know, these beings that are so much bigger and so much outside of the realm of what humans can comprehend and, and can experience that, you know, it's more of like the um, fear of how small you are in a, in a basically eternal universe. And, you know, that's why it's called cosmic horror. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel that's one of the things that your game captures fairly well, because I did play it a little bit. Um, but that, you know, that madness of, you know, kind of trying to understand just how small your place in the universe is. Mm -hmm. um, so, that kind of brings up two cool things for me. And the first one is when you mention like the cult surrounding Lovecraft and um, all of that. Well, a, there are actual cults who like worship Lovecraftian deities, which is insane. And like B it, that's something that Lovecraft was actually going for. Like he, the reason why he included Pluto in the story, like right when it was discovered and before there was anything to, you know, suggest that it was false is he wanted to mesh his writing with reality to this, to such an insane degree that people would believe it and, and freak out like, like war of the worlds on the radio. Right. Um, and that was a big reason why I had to go through and say, Oh, this is bullshit. This is bullshit. Can I make it real again? Um, and you know, 
no one's gonna no one's gonna make a cult about my game. <laughs> well, they they did by extension. I think the I think the like the MS DOS font is gonna kind of break um, suspension of disbelief that these could be you know photos, but. So this brings me to, to my one criticism that I have to give you about this game. And Go that is it. that oh. the text just goes by way too slowly. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a fairly fast reader. Yeah, and did, you, we, did you go into the options menu and make it the fastest it could be? I did, and I still couldn't. Oh, okay. Really? Okay. Just me. Like, I, I want a button that I can just like press and it just fills it all up so I can read it on my own speed. Yeah, but at the same time, like I, I don't know, like the you, you kind of throw off the pacing of the game at some point because you're you're just flipping through. It's just right. that, that's a very frustrating thing for me. Yeah, uh, no, because like I read a lot and I'm a fairly fast writer uh, reader, so you know when I'm trying to like wait for the text to catch up to me, it's, ah, all right, right. Lucio, we get it. You're ah! the smartest guy ever. God. So maybe uh, so that's a fair point, and the reason why I didn't have that even though when i was testing the game myself i had that in there so that i could go through quickly um <laughs> i didn't want the average player who's reading you know relatively slowly to to do that when they don't need to because the advantage is if like if your natural reading speed does flow with the pace that the game does i think it's much more immersive um that's a good point and a lot of what the game is about is making the little things immersive um like i it's it's making sure that like your music can has time to swell and that your right. you know your your sounds are able to to fire off at the appropriate times and, and achieve their desired effect and um you know there's there's something surprisingly not surprisingly but there, there's something very unscary about just tabbing through text <laughs> um, I, I guess, I guess, yeah. People will probably abuse it and just like start skipping shit, which uh, well, also happens. Mm -hmm. And because I've also will do stuff like that, even though it like did, you know takes away from their own fun. Mm -hmm. I've had a lot of people compliment the game specifically because when they read, the pacing is thrown off by how quickly they read. But when they play my game, the pacing has like that. You're kind of forced to process it more it, yeah you're forced to experience the tension i can't remember what i was reading the other day but i i was reading something about how uh they were talking about knowledge retention in relation to fonts and they were saying that they there had been studies done where when they would change a textbook to like a more difficult to read font they would actually get better uh reader uh you know retention basically or knowledge retention from that material hmm. oh um, well, I'll take credit for doing that on purpose. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, so they, there you go. You 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 came up with that. It's perfect. <laughs> but I could talk a fair amount about like tiny little things I've done with the typography. And I've probably spent like a significant, mm, a disturbing amount of time working on getting the letters perfect in like every aspect of, of how the lettering appears in the game. So, like, if hmm. someone wanted to have a chat about kerning, like, you're a guy who they could sit down with and, like, and have... Well, I don't think my game has any kerning because the font is monospaced, mm -hmm. but um, I did 
um, these might be two different kinds of kerning, or maybe there's a completely separate word, but the, the segments with the newspapers are justified so that, um, like on a real newspaper, the, the things are things. You know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Shut up. <laughs> um, <laughs> Put him in his place. Boy, God, didn't even give me give me a chance. He, he's uh, he's he's seen what kind of bullies we are here, and he just knew like, oh man, I gotta shut this guy down before he even says <laughs> before he says something. Right? Yeah. Put Jared in his place. Yeah, I want to find the is, biggest guy is, I can find. I want to punch him in the mouth. Like this Christmas. podcast is like a, a vast, unfeeling, indifferent universe in which I have to fight for my place in order to feel any significance. Yeah, you're not that hey, far we're, we're very very caring uh by the way also 20 million rupees is three hundred twenty thousand dollars. so goodbye jay well first of all rupees (laughs) rupees is the currency in zelda so not super rubles we're looking for rubles also jared it's a currency in india so okay well that's not rubles are from from russia Russia. i i I knew that because i played stalker (laughs) yeah see he was on top of it So uh, I wanted to ask, actually, a uh, quick yeah. question. Your game, it kind of reminded me, did you ever play an interactive fiction game called Anchorhead? I did not. Really? Oh. It's, uh, it's another Lovecraftian horror. Um, it's interactive fiction, kind of like, um, what was the game? Zork? Zorn? Uh, Zork. There was a game called Zork, yeah. The old yeah, text yeah. adventure. Yeah, exactly. Okay, wait. I'm going to add Anchorhead to my, my list. I'm... Like I'm, I'm, I'm gradually growing my list. Like, like now that I've released the game, the rest of this month is for horror games and horror movies. Um, so much that I like mentally fuck myself up, and then I can move on and make a fighting game. So, <laughs> so is that is that your next goal? Is a fighting game? Um, uh, I've been thinking about doing a fighting game. Where, where um, does the fighting game? Where does the inspiration for that come from? Are you a uh... Like have you uh, have you seen some of the indie attempts at such a thing like Skullgirls and stuff like that or I have um probably well okay so basically I the inspiration for like thinking about fighting games at all I owe that to one of my friends who plays every fighting game and um he forces me to play with him and there's no point in buying these games because I'll never beat him um well, that's not the attitude to have. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't want to beat him with that. Attitude. Well, I have free time so, now, so maybe maybe I'll turn it around. So you but, want to make your own game so that when you and John Wiggins sit down to play it, you can totally destroy him. Exactly. Only ah. it's not John Wiggins. Um, but it would be nice to you know to say that I like roundly defeated a confederate in fighting games. I was gonna say if it was <laughs> if it was John Wiggins, I would tell you to just pick like the blackest character and that'll really throw him off. He's not gonna know what yep. to do. Put him on the defensive. Yep. Um just I'll have one white Wiggins character. He's gonna be he's, he's gonna be looking for the game. gun button and he's not gonna be able to find it. So so I'll, I'll, I'll play John Wiggins in a fighting game. I'm still kinda of sore from losing to all those Atlas guys. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, keep keep going. So the biggest fighting game inspirations, um, Smash Bros. has been a part of my life literally forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and by literally, I mean figuratively. <laughs> um, <sighs> Rivals of Ether, Towerfall, Nidhogg. Okay. How, what, do you, what, do you, what do you think of that Nidhogg 2? How do you like that? 
They're making Nidhogg 2? Oh. <laughs> oh, my God. Yep, there we Excuse go. Excuse me while I Google it. There we go. That's our video game Don't developer right there. <laughs> I can't wait to be here while you see the horrible art in Nidhogg 2 for the first time. Or maybe you'll love it. I don't know. Uh, what? No. <laughs> no. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like they're Muppets. No, they're Homer Simpsons. They're, <laughs> they're fat Homer Simpsons. I never asked for this. And the internet hated it, and they just, like, doubled down on it. Like, they're not even remotely interested in being criticized on the art at all. Like, no. It's so bad. It's fine. Like, if you go look at them on Twitter, they are just, they're just like, you know, hey, uh, we appreciate what you guys are saying, but fuck all of you. <laughs> <laughs> the original game's art was fine. I know, and it was it was great because it was so minimalist, and I mean, and because characters just didn't look like Muppets is actually quite apt. That's a pretty good uh, description of what we have here. But mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, there you go. That's what the there there will be another one next year, and uh, for <laughs> from what I can see, it looks like it's going to look like that. So should well, be. okay. Anyway, anyway, now that my life is ruined. Um, <laughs> No, okay, so the reason why I want to make a fighting game is I had this, like, epiphany moment um, playing Jigglypuff against my roommates. Um, My favorite thing to do is when we're starting a game, because I'm an arrogant asshole, I will call out how many rests I'm going to land in that game. Okay. Because rest is the most fun thing in the world. It's it's just incredible. It feels so good when you get that. And so I had this, like, semi-cogent thought in the span of like half a second and I haven't really thought it through since let's make a fighting game where you can only rest. Oh, okay, so like a like an all counters fighting game kind of. Right. Hmm. Okay. I mean I'm 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 on board. I mean I already <laughs> hate it because my style is usually very aggressive. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's true. That I'm going to be bad at it. I can already tell that. But well, I so, like your moxie. So- as you know, like I'm kind of savvy to how game design works, and I am fully expect that I could make a 15 minute prototype that proves the entire concept to be the dumbest shit anyone has ever heard or thought of. But I don't know, man. This is a universe where dive kick exists. Yeah. I do love dive kick. Yeah, that's true. We do. We do have dive kick. So let me. Uh, well, hey, I'm interested. Let me let me deviate away from games for a second because you mentioned that you're going to be filling your your uh, spare time now that the game is out with. Uh, you know, horror media, things like that. So I have to ask, uh, give me give me your top three horror movies. Okay. I know that we're a video um, game podcast, but let's 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 get into the movies a bit. Yeah, okay. So Silence of the Lambs has to be on the list. Great choice. Probably has to be top on the list because I couldn't sleep for like five nights. Um and that's a very special thing when a when a work of art does that to a person. <laughs> sure. I I'm I'm with you there. All right. Well, um, okay. Uh, Scream had a big impact. Well, okay. So, so can we do two categories? One for horror comedy, and and another for legitimate, straight up. All right. Only because I have a very deep fondness for horror comedy, uh, I'll allow okay. it. Okay. So I have to go for Scream. Cabin in the Woods was my favorite movie for like two years. Uh huh. Um. I watched another one kind of recently, but I can't think of it. I don't know. Last night That's I got to see, really good. Um, I saw a pre-release screening of Ouija Origin of Evil, 
Oh yeah, and, I saw um, the trailer for that the other day. I could totally violate every agreement um, I made when I stepped into that that screening, and I could just spoil the whole plot I right here. I don't know that our audience is like dying to hear about the new Ouija <laughs> movie. Um, yeah, believe not. it or not, it all takes place in a mental hospital. That everything was a dream, basically. Is that really it? Do we have the exclusive scoop on? This? Well, <laughs> as far as I interpreted it, it, it was very confusing. Oh, okay. So it's one of those. I'm not very sophisticated mentally. Gotcha, gotcha. So, so that's your horror comedy. We've got your list there. So, what was your what was your horror list? You had Actual, Silence of the Lambs. Um. Okay. Clockwork Orange fucks me up. That's that's not really a horror movie. Though. It's yeah. It's not. I won't allow it. Late, <laughs> lately, I um, I ran a lot of DVDs. Lately, I've watched Onibaba, which was like this Japanese, um, this old Japanese horror movie that was pretty great. Okay. Like, I can list horror movies that no one has heard of, and whatever. they're not going to go watch because they're in in other languages. But what, like, whatever you think is going to make you come across as cool as possible. All right. Okay. Eyes without a face. That shit was was good. Um, it's French. Le you sans visage. Oh yeah. Oh. Yeah. Does that make me cool? Uh, I don't know, man. The French. Come on. I mean, baguettes are pretty cool. Do you guys remember? Uh, do you guys remember Brotherhood of the Wolf? Does that ring a bell? I, do. I was just thinking about that the other day. <laughs> Uh, I know Nathaniel probably has no idea what that is, but no idea. When I think of French horror film, that's the only that's the only thing that comes to mind. And is that really a horror film? I I mean, it, it wasn't was, it just like The Matrix with like uh frilly dresses? Yeah, it was more like uh, like a more modern take of the Bram Stoker kind of horror. Yeah. It was very cheesy. But boy, how cool did those guys look with their like confederate or colonial ninja outfits confederate sorry i've still got juice man on the on the mind uh i remember thinking it was pretty badass at the time but i was also 13 years old so i'm sure sure now i'm sure now it probably is really dumb (laughs) it's on netflix i was thinking about watching it the other day is it really yeah i might i might actually watch that movie again just to see what the hell uh, was going on there, and it has some it has some horrific uh, special effects. I don't know if it's I, I think some of it has to be CGI, uh, but it, it came out at kind of a transitional phase where like they were still using uh, you know puppets and stop motion and things like that, and uh, pr- pretty much all of it is bad. Like all I remember from the movie was the excellent sound design. What an odd thing to take away. I remember the cool ninja costumes. That's because you're gay. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. At first, I thought that was a really unreasonable thing of you to say, but I, I see. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Come on, it's fashion. Yeah, no, I, I yeah, I get it now. Uh, Brotherhood of the Wolf. You got him. What were we talking about? Horror movies. Oh, that's right. All right. You get one more, Nathaniel. What's your, what's your final... If 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 we all kill ourselves tomorrow, but we get to watch one horror movie before we do it, what one should it be? Oh, it would have to be beforehand. Ouija Origin of Evil. Oh, Easy. of course, yeah. Easy. That's good. That's good. 
I like it. <laughs> All right, cool. I like it. Now, real quick. Aren't the Brotherhood of the Wolf characters just the guy from Bloodborne? Yeah, actually, they kind look, of, yeah. They do look a lot like the guy from Bloodborne. Yeah, for sure. So that's that's a follow up question. As you mentioned, horror games, of course. What are your what are your go tos in in that regard? I've been playing Phantasmagoria. Okay. Anyone played Phantasmagoria? The old uh, the old point and click adventure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I know it. I. Uh, that's pretty great. That was like the FMV one, right? Yep. It, I've never played. Well. I played her story, which is like modern FMV, but this is the first like legitimate FMV era FMV game I've ever played. And it is it is trippy as balls. Oh, there's a lot of good stuff for you in that regard. There's uh, full motion balls like Gabriel Knight. And um, I don't think Night Trap is probably worth <laughs> experiencing. Fantasmagoria. The opening for Resident Evil. Phantasmagoria was pretty violent, too, if, if memory serves. I mean, probably I, probably not in a way that has aged well but like i i remember a pretty good amount of gore in yeah so i i'm i'm reading all of these things about it because like when i play old games i also tend to do research um and everything everything says this is one of the goriest games of all time and i don't know i've only played the first half but like nothing has even registered so far so yeah some some of that might just be my own memory of it but i i see well you know it's call. It's so funny the way we used to talk about games. If you look at the way people thought about games 15 years ago, it's almost like you're reading a medical text from 100 years ago, how much our opinions have changed and how much our way of looking at games have changed. Like when Congress had to be called to fight Night Trap. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. The thing about it is is that it was also at a time where uh, they used a lot of the same kind of special effects that you would see in something like, say, The Thing, for example. Um, which, by the way... That is my number one horror I was, I was just about to say Too that. Too late. That really well. deserves to be some top-tier horror. Uh, but Phantasmagoria has some of the same stuff where they... They actually like made a. Uh, I I remember the most the the thing that sticks out the most to me in that game is there's a part where they literally like made a dummy's head of this woman and they pull it in half. They like just the guy takes his two hands and just tears it in half. And uh, it be, there's something about having like a real dummy doing that stuff that makes it so much worse than anything that could be recreated in CGI. And uh, that that's absolutely the case with the thing. The thing is f- f- fucking awful uh, to behold, but it, it it's because of the way the effects work. And it, as we saw, it did not work at all uh, when they when they remade it for the modern era. There's right. um there's a game for the PS2, mm-hmm. couple actually uh, for called the thing. <laughs> I was just about pretty to say. Good. I was just about to say that game has one of my favorite concepts uh, that no one seems to really be interested in, like visiting again. Uh, but but just like the movie in the thing, the video game, one of your like guys on your team is the thing, and uh, you have to kind of like look at their mannerisms and things like that to figure out which person it is, so that they don't kill you while your back's turned to them. What are the mannerisms of the thing? I don't. It's been a long time since I played it, but they just—it's a PS2 game, so you know. <laughs> well, yeah, that that too. So you're not gonna you're not gonna get stuff like notice how he scratches his nose. You know, like there's nothing like that. Uh, He's but, the blue guy. But it's mostly just like dialogue options and things like that. And actually, <laughs> I 
I remember. Yeah, it's almost like dialogue. That I feel like I remember said. in retrospect, it's all predetermined too. It's not randomized. I could be wrong about that, but I feel like I found out like years later that it it always played out the same way. Um, and so I mean that kind of kills it too. But I think you could do something really cool now with that concept and just not uh, you know. Uh, with with some of the randomization and things like that that you see in games now. But uh, I think, Nathaniel, if you like horror games, you should check that one out. Uh, you can thing. probably get it uh, in in ways that aren't entirely well, legal. I played Silent Hill 2. Um, it's and a different kind of game. It took... so, it, But because I have that PS2 emulator, I should be able to... Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. It up. <laughs> yeah. You should be able to commit Super illegal crime. stuff we're talking about here. You're going to jail. <laughs> definitely. I would definitely look at it. I, I I have no idea how well it has aged. I imagine not very. Probably pretty badly because even back then it was kind of an ugly game. But but it, it's, a, it's a really cool concept. And what the fuck are you doing? That's my mechanical keyboard. <laughs> I've, on and off throughout this whole thing, I've been muting my microphone so I can type. But, um... Now yeah. that I'm typing about something related to the conversation, it's like I gotta show it off. He's like, boom. <laughs> hey, hey everybody, guess what? Cherry cherry red switches. That's right. <laughs> Name's Nathaniel Nelson. Here's my phone number. Call me up. I, I use a mechanical keyboard. I watch French movies. Yep. Um perhaps you have heard of La Danse La Lune. That is my favorite film. Nope. I that, I don't think that's I don't think I got any of that right, actually. <laughs> now I have to now I have to type that into to my French converter here. Let's see. Okay. Oh, uh, yep. You hear that? You hear that? You hear that keyboard? Nope. Well, it's nice. It's pretty fucking tight. It sounds like you just held the microphone like down to the keys. Oh no, it does mean something. It means in the moon. So there. So you're basically watching Sailor Moon in French. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> All right, so we got we got our video games out of the way. We got our uh, we we got our movies out of the way. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that uh, I mean I mean we're we're coming up on Halloween, and so I mean now is a good time for for that kind of stuff. What's Spooky. what's next on your list as far as like something that you're gonna you're gonna play for the season? Where are you going from here? Okay, so I gotta finish Phantasmagoria. I'll probably finish that tonight or tomorrow. And then the next time you talk to me, I'll be like, oh, that shit was like the goriest shit I've ever seen. Because mm-hmm. I feel like it's building up to something. Right, right. I mean, I already got to the first rape scene. I hear there are multiple rape scenes. So, uh, so it's anyway. like an episode of Family Guy. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sexy. Let's see. After that, uh, there's a like an Infocom text adventure of the lurking horror um, Since you're, you're playing all of these old horror games uh, and you like point and click games, have you played uh, I Have No Mouth and I'm a Scream? Yes, that was. I, yeah, that was one of my favorites. I want to say it was a huge inspiration for The Whisper in Darkness, but like, no. Uh, the Whisper yeah. in Darkness was the inspiration for The Whisperer in Darkness. Yeah, you only get so but, many inspirations as you adapt someone else's source material. Yeah, but... Um, Besides, I have no mouth. It's, it's, based, it's in turn inspired by an actual story that has a same right. name. And it's one of my favorite stories, one of my favorite games. There's actually, there's an Easter egg in Whisperer. There's a shout-out. Oh, right. Yeah. Hmm. 
I'm gonna have to play through it. I mean, if you're into point and click, and I know you've obviously got a lot going on, especially now that you have to play the thing, but I might also suggest uh, Sam and Max hit the road, which is straight up bone chilling. So <laughs> check, check that one out. Check that one out too. I'm taking you at face value, and I'm writing it down. Prepare to listen have to the, this lovely key clacking while I do. Prepare to have the socks scared off you, friend. It's going to be quite a thing. Sheldon, I don't think I have triggers for the spooky picks this year. Man. I, was, I was I don't just think about to say, do I, I don't think we're doing spooky picks this year. I've been meaning to play Soma. I bought it in the Steam sale and just haven't touched it for a while or ever. Like, I, don't, I don't really play that many horror games. It's just not something that's like interesting to me. Well, I, I just played them all now. Like I, I played all the ones. <laughs> Maybe we should have uh, Nathaniel write the spooky picks this year. Yeah, there we go. We'll, we'll have Nathaniel's spooky picks. Maybe. That is normally that's normally a feature that we run. We we each would uh, I think for the first this would be the first year we don't do it, but we've always had every editor pick like three horror games uh, to suggest in October, and I really think that we've all probably run out of ideas at this point. So like my my problem is that I don't really like horror games so many because I, I like like the stuff that scares me is like is very mundane. Like I'm not really scared by like elder gods or like fucking monsters and shit like that. I'm scared like. Oh, Oh, I'm scared. I'm gonna lose my job. I'm scared, like you know, my kids are gonna get sick or shit like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so for me, it's always been kind of like scraping the barrel. <laughs> I wasn't sure I was going to be able to do one last year, and I like I was like, oh, this play was pretty spooky. I, I do well, have to. I do have to throw in here, though. It, I I think Nathaniel, what what I would like to see for you is for you to get really into FMV games, and if you if you do. <laughs> If you do, there's two spectacular horror ones that you have to play. One of them is called Mummy Tomb of the Pharaoh, and it stars Ian McDermiad. <laughs> and it is great. Uh, but the other Mummy one... Tomb of <laughs> the <laughs> Mummy Tomb of the Pharaoh. Get that get that shit. Lock that down. Uh, I will. And then the other one is uh, Frankenstein. I think it's Through the Eyes of the Monster. Okay, that's going to take a long time to yeah, type. Yeah, you're going so, um, to you're gonna have to really work that one out. Frankenstein through the eyes of a monster. Okay, that's, it's all good. That one, <laughs> no more. That one, no is, more typing. Uh, that one is starring Tim Curry. So, oh, uh, I mean, come on, how can you not play a video game starring Tim Curry? I really should. So, I also might recommend Sega CD 32X Classic Corpse Killer. <laughs> yeah, Corpse Killer. Man, there's a lot of good shit out there. But yeah, go go check those out. They play like Mist, kind of like scary Mist. <laughs> and you used to and buy them. You used to buy them as like a two pack. Like they they were on the you know like the discount. You know that section of like the Walmart software stuff where everything's just in the jewel cases, and and they don't even have boxes or anything. Just a bunch of copies of Sneak King. That was where you. That was where you'd get those. So go check them out. Fantastic. I put fucking lollipop chainsaw on my toothpick. <laughs> yeah, <I was, laughs> that, that, that's how like low I was like scraping. I I wasn't kidding, man. Things the, things just aren't spooky anymore. There's no more spooky stuff. Uh, does mine include Night Trap? I think it does. Yeah, I I put Night Trap on mine, which you know what I stand by that. You should play my, Night Trap. Uh, because man, there was. Like back in the day, if you wanted to upset your parents, let them catch you with that game. <laughs> that was just the worst thing that you could Night do. Night trap. 
I guess you... I didn't do one last year. Do you not know Night Trap, Lucio? Nope. Oh what? man, it's a it's a classic, and it's like it's one of the first games that. Well, it's an FFB game. It pretty much is the reason that we have the ESRB. Like not Night Trap, pretty much caused the uproar that that required rating systems for video games. Infamous bathroom death. Uh yeah, and it's actually it's it's very strange. Uh it it's not super violent like you would expect. Uh the the worst thing that it does is probably features a lot of women in like nightwear. Not lingerie, but like just just night dress. What the fuck are they doing to her neck? I guess it's the stupidest way to kill somebody. Just fucking shoot the bitch. They're vampires. So I- I watched a Halloween episode of Regular Show last night that was more graphic than anything that happened in Night Trap. Yeah, yeah, but <laughs> but like I said, it's it's absolutely uh, it, it's absolutely uh, you know basically you can you can literally pinpoint the the point in time when society began to erode, and it's when Night Trap was released to the general public. Like that's when everything went wrong, according to my mom, circa nineteen ninety two. You know what we should play? The uh, old NES version of like Friday the Thirteenth. Oh, I thought yeah, you that were... was terrible. I think I think it's one of the worst games ever made, according to most people. It's up there. It's up there pretty high. I can't really remember it, but for some reason, I remember enjoying it. That's because you were a kid and you were stupid. Probably. All right, we're hitting about time. Nathaniel, do you have any final thoughts on the state of the world today? Well, okay, so I've been processing, and I've written your spooky picks for you. Did you? All right, let's let's, number three. Number three. All right. The Whisperer in Darkness, now available on Steam. Hey. Number two. (laughs) Very good. The Whisperer in Darkness. (laughs) Oh, I see. Okay. Number one, the obvious choice. I have no mouth and I must scream. Everyone should be nice. So, hey, if you're not already on the Steam page for The Whisperer in Darkness, our number one and two spooky picks this year, you should go check that out right now. It's available uh at exactly this moment on the steam store it's a real short time investment you're not gonna have to commit your whole day to it and i think it's priced pretty reasonably too i think you you have it, uh, what like 2.99 something like that it's like yeah. three bucks you fucking assholes i mean come on you spend more on <laughs> like a coffee a cup of coffee in the morning yeah. I, mean, I mean not even I'm that right you now i see you with a fucking four exactly spice so. doesn't nathaniel deserve your three dollars I think he 254. does. 254. So that he can buy a pumpkin spice latte? 254. That won't even get him a pumpkin spice latte. That'll get him like a sample cup. But you know what? Yeah, man. Like, I'll take it. Put on the pumpkin spice and, and fucking buy the game. Get him what he's got and fund his fighting game that's all canceled. Yeah, man. And yeah. I want to see like punch. Super Cancel Extreme. Super Cancel Extreme. <laughs> all right. Well, hey, Nathaniel, thank you for uh, for joining us. Thank you. And uh, if you enjoyed our podcast today, you should go check out our websites, enemyslime.com. That's directed at the listener, not you, Nathaniel. But I suppose you can, too. Uh, Yep. And uh, you should also go follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We're at The Enemy Slime on both of those services. And uh, I think with that, we are out.